1: Every second of every day, in our ears and through our bodies, all around us, inside us, provoking laughter or tears, always constant, influencing consciously and subliminally what you can't see or taste but can definitely feel is sound. affects us in many ways, our brains, our bodies and our moods, which in turn can change our behaviour. This journey into sound reveals what an influential, yet often undervalued role sound plays in our lives. We hear of one man's life passion of drawing people's attention to sound commercially, holistically, educationally and scientifically. Sound affects us at work and at play. From the bizarre to the breathtaking, the invisible nature of sound gets inside and around us 360 degrees, 24-7. Sound dramatically affects us in our daily lives, which in turn affects our well-being. Noise like this is now commonplace. Whilst this sort of noise can even cause us to release cortisone, the fight-flight hormone through our bodies, which can increase heart rate and speed up breathing. This in turn can lead to hypertension and even cause physical ailments. If you work in an open plan office like this... Research at Cardiff University found that your productivity can drop by as much as an astonishing 60%. Human beings are a floating mass of molecules that resonate and interact with the pulse of life around us. We are sonically linked to our planet in ways we may not have realised. For example, we like going to the ocean and find comfort listening to the lap of water because the cycle of the Earth's oceans are equivalent in time to our most relaxed breathing state. We have evolved to understand that birdsong is good for us. Whenever the birds are singing, we know all is well in our world. Whenever they stop, however. If dolphin and ocean sounds are slowed down 64 times, they sound similar to human voices. If dolphin sounds are pitched up two octaves, they sound like birds and if human voices are shifted up, they first sound like birds and then like dolphins. In medicine, sonography uses high-frequency sound waves to generate images for the assessment and diagnosis of medical conditions. Lithotripsy uses ultrasonic sound waves to break up kidney stones, which then harmlessly pass through our bodies. Next time you cross London's Albert Bridge, look for the sign saying All troops must break step when marching over this bridge. This is to eradicate the possibility of soldiers' unified steps coinciding with the resonant frequency of the bridge, which could cause dangerous amplified shaking of the whole structure. Sonic weapons are used by ships to ward off pirates in unsafe seas or to disrupt riots. From our iPods to our sonic toothbrushes, sound is everywhere, around us, inside us, and consciously or not, every second of every day, we respond, resonate, and interact with the pulse of the universe. By the time we are born, after nine months of existence in our mother's amniotic fluid, which amplifies sound by a factor of five, Hearing is one of our most advanced senses. Many of us announce our arrival into this world with sound, usually a good hearty roar. Then use sound to communicate to our parents whether we are happy, hungry, or otherwise. We learn pattern recognition, starting with our own names. We go on to understand and mimic the subtlety of intonation and resonance used in speaking to communicate emotion to each other. In other words, it's not what we say, it's the way that we say it that's important. Then we experience a predominantly visually-led education, which frequently leads us to forgetting the important role sound plays in our daily lives, the soundtrack of our existence. Peter Stone has been a concert pianist, sound designer, played keyboards for artists like Kenny Rogers and Leo Sayer, and advised the likes of Coca-Cola, Samson and Shell on how to use sound. He travels around the world researching how sound affects us, presenting his findings at international forums and platforms.
2: Sound isn't just about hearing. Our bodies are 65% water, and water is an excellent sound conductor together with our resonant cavities and chambers that each have their own natural frequency. Most of us have either stood too close to a loudspeaker or walked past workmen drilling a road and experienced sound not just by hearing it, but by feeling it too. The average human hearing ranges from 20 Hz to 20 kHz, yet our bodies can feel sound that our ears can't hear from 1 Hz to 100 kHz. One of the most amazing examples of interpreting sound through the body and not just the ears is described by world-renowned musician Dame Evelyn Glennie. She became profoundly deaf by the age of 12, yet she still graces concert halls around the world with superb musical performances. She had to re-educate herself how to interpret sound by touch and feel and can even differentiate pitch just by vibration.
3: I remember when I was 12 years old and I started playing timpani and percussion. And my teacher said, well, how are we going to do this? You know, music is about listening. And I said, yes, I agree with that. So what's the problem? And he said, well, how are you going to hear this? How are you going to hear that? And I said, well, how do you hear it? He said, well, I think I hear it through here. And I said, well, I think I do too, but I also hear it through my hands, through my arms, my cheekbones, my scalp, my tummy, my chest, my legs, and so on. And so we began our lessons every single time, tuning drums, in particular the kettle drums or timpani, to such a narrow pitch interval, so something like of a difference and then gradually and gradually and it's amazing that when you do open your body up and open your hand up to allow the vibration to come through that in fact the tiny tiny difference can be felt with just the tiniest part of your, your finger There And so what we would do is that I would pop my hands on the wall of the music room and together we would listen to the sounds of the instruments and really try to connect with those sounds far, far more broadly than simply depending on the ear.
2: Perhaps the most astonishing demonstration of how we as humans can utilise sound is by using sound waves to navigate our surroundings much like dolphins and bats. We can actually use sound to see.
1: Daniel Kish is president of the World Access for the Blind organisation and a pioneer in teaching human echolocation. He can teach blind people how to ride a bike, successfully navigate obstacles or perform other tasks we normally associate with sight. All by using sound.
0: Well, we describe human echolocation as another way of of seeing. Um, It's a way of seeing with sound, using flashes of sound instead of flashes of light. But energy is energy, and energy tends to behave similarly no matter uh, how it's expressed. One of the hallmarks of energy is that it will reflect. Energy will reflect from solid physical manifestations, in this, in, in this case, surfaces in the environment. Sound will reflect much as light will. And what we tell people is that these waves of energy, waves of uh, acoustic energy, are physical. They're, they're actual they're rarefied air. They're, they're physical manifestations. Um, and when they uh, impact a surface in the environment, they rebound and they rebound actually containing imprints or impressions and these imprints or impressions correspond to characteristics of these surfaces and when they return to the listener the auditory system is able to extract information from these impressions from, from how the sound wave has been uh, altered uh, subtly or greatly by the surface and once the auditory system has worked its computational magic that information is then uh, coded and transmitted to the visual system where an image can be constructed.
2: Sound communication can usually be broken into three elements, voice, music And anything that isn't voice or music, which is usually bracketed under the title of sound effects. That could be the background ambience of a restaurant, or the sound of a door slamming, for example. Voice can reveal our gender, age, and where we come from, and whether we are nervous, happy, or sad. Nothing communicates emotion like music. It's something we are all touched by, no matter what culture we are from, everybody Loves music. After silence, music comes nearest to expressing the inexpressible. Sound effects can, of course, help set a scene and even create images in our minds. Interesting is when we start to combine these elements, however. Here we combine the last two clips, and the result can't help but evoke mental images or theatre of the mind. Listen.
1: In his talks, Peter often discusses a physical law called Frequency-Following Response, or FFR. So what is FFR, and how does it affect us? FFR is basically how we fall into the pulse of existence around us. For example, in the Pace of Life project, Professor Richard Weissman measured the speed of life in different cities around the world. As a matter of interest, Singapore was the fastest. The point is though, there was a dramatic difference in the speed that people walked in different cities, depending on where they lived in the world. This overriding a predominant pulse is evident in human behaviour. How often do we find ourselves saying, what a great vibe? This feels really good. Martial art experts and new age healers maintain the transfer of human energy can be used in self-defence and healing. Just for a moment, start thinking about things that might be synchronized in your life. We mentioned the ocean earlier, but there are sleep cycles and feeding patterns. Biorhythms affect performance. Women who work together more than three days a week often fall into sync physically. Sound and vibration are influential stimuli in altering human behavior. This can happen subliminally and sometimes more obviously. Modern technology allows mankind to manipulate sound like never before, and there are a growing number of sound designers and music producers creating music that can change our mood and even our brain states. The music producer James Sanger has produced top international artists, such as the band Keane and founding member of the Sugar Babes, Siobhan Donaghy. James often uses specialised musical tunings to create a hypnotic effect in his compositions. This can significantly influence the way we think and feel beyond the boundaries of ordinary music.
4: Uh, Within EEG, we've found that people listening to tuned music have been proven in some contexts, in some laboratories, to have mood-altering and uh, mind-expanding potential. The tuning systems themselves are much more effective in bringing about uh, uh, a change of emotional and mood state in the listener. If we were to listen now to wood, one of my pieces that I've made particularly that shows this really well, by the time the piece is over, people really do feel different and it's more than just feeling relaxed. Using um, just very small tiny little intervals that have a little kind of overall humming melodic effect that that uh that kind of relaxes you there are some scientific reasons why it relaxes you to do with alpha and theta states of consciousness but at the end of the day the proof is in the pudding when you hear it and you feel trippy you know you know it works Music, you can use it for a completely different effect. You can use it to kind of wake people up. And uh, with Siobhan Donaghay's song, Sometimes, I used a microtonal scaling system to give people a really completely different feeling like a feeling of being awake and alive and being surprised and excited. <laughs> And it's that is really where microtonality comes in. It, it gives you the chance to to really stretch what is musically possible by making the tune and the melody exactly what you want it to be than using two-dimensional traditional Western music.
1: Strangely enough, human beings might not be the most evolved protagonists of sound on this planet. Earlier we heard Daniel Kish explaining how blind people are using their own form of sonar to navigate like bats and cetaceans. Peter Stone has been working with dolphins for the last five years in Tenerife on research with the Atlantic Whale Foundation called Project Denome.
2: Our research explores the phenomenon that when swimming with dolphins and subsequent interaction with their echolocators, a person's brain frequency can drop significantly. What we do in Tenerife is measure people's brain states using a device called an electroencephalogram, or EEG, whilst they swim with dolphins. At the same time, we also record any sounds the dolphins make. Swimming with dolphins ...frequently demonstrates a clear shift in brain state. Our research is revealing that dolphins appear to use their echolocators... ...to stimulate production of serotonin in humans. Low serotonin levels are believed to be the cause of mild to severe depression. In fact, many of the current antidepressant medications... ...use properties that increase serotonin production in the brain... This could explain why some people appear to have pseudo-spiritual experiences when swimming with dolphins. Many people claim to have felt the pulsing of echolocators when swimming with dolphins and whales. I believe it's part of a sonic blueprint dolphins use their sonar for.
1: There have been many incredible stories of dolphin-human interaction. Cases where dolphins have warded off sharks near humans and how dolphins react differently to pregnant women, for example. One of the most remarkable stories is told here by AWF employee Chris Light.
4: A while ago, a group of six people went out to swim with the dolphins in Los Gigantes and there was just one female what the dolphins paid special attention to. And they kept on pushing her towards the boat, right like back towards the boat, and um, just thought it was kind of cute behaviour from the dolphin. They didn't really think anything of it, and she kept on trying to swim out to join the group of swimmers and the dolphins. But these dolphins kept on pushing her back to the boat. And this happened about two or three times until it got a bit extreme, and the dolphin actually smashed her knee, and uh, she thought she broke it. So naturally, they went back to the they went back to the uh, ports, and she went to hospital and got an X ray, and she had a cancerous tumour behind her leg.
2: Like dolphins and bats. I think most humans have the ability to echolocate, and in fact we probably do this most of the time. It's just we're not consciously aware of this going on.
1: Peter hopes that his research will support dolphin assisted therapy or DAT workshops that have sprung up all over the world. Swimming with dolphins seems to benefit sufferers of anything from cerebral palsy, autism, muscular dystrophy and depression. Peter thinks that sound based on the dolphin's use of echolocation plays a predominant role in this process. Away from the esoteric, Peter has been conducting research into how sound affects consumer purchasing decisions in supermarkets. Some recent tests were held in Centra, Harolds Cross, Dublin, and involved recessing audio speakers into the wine display units and playing different music to see if it influenced the sale of particular wines. Over three days, three different types of music were played, music that could be perceived as belonging to a different country or culture. On day one, South American and Spanish-type music was played. On day two, French music was played. And day three, Australian music. We then presented the results to the store manager, Tammy Vincent.
5: So I just want to show you the results now from the first evening where we were playing South American and Spanish music. These were the results on wine purchases. Oh, wow. Surprising? It's just a a comparison between what a big difference the Chilean wine is in comparison to the rest. There was only 13% of wines sold were Australian and 56% were Chilean. Yeah. I would have thought that it would have been more sort of equal along the, the different ones. Okay, well now let's move on to the next night, which was French music that was playing. And yeah. the results with the French music was this. So as you can see, 38% of the wine sold was Chilean. 35% was French, so that was a big jump from the... From the, the previous one, yeah. yeah. And then just a 19% Australian and 8% were other wines. Well yeah, I wouldn't have expected to have jumped so much, but obviously because the music was in the background that was influencing the purchases. Do you think that's something you'd ever thought about before in Centra? Never. never. I, mean... I don't think we've ever done it before like that, so Okay, and let me just quickly show you then from the third night, which was the Australian music that's playing. And these are oh, wow. the results. <laughs> what a difference. So it does definitely make a huge difference as to what the background is. Uh, when the Australian music was playing, we had forty-one percent wine sold were Australian, forty-one percent was Chilean. So they were on an equal power, and then we had just eight percent French and ten percent other countries. Oh, that's amazing! Huh? So it does make a huge difference, hey. I mean, you can see that just by playing the music on those three nights. This research
1: was then repeated at Supervalue's off-license section in Balbriggan, County Dublin. This was held over six days and involved a higher turnover of customers due to the size of store. It was fascinating to observe people's behaviour in response to the music playing. We stopped and interviewed people who had chosen wine from the country represented by the music. For example, if French music was playing in the background, they chose French wine.
5: Did the music influence your decision no, at all? Not. No, no, no. The price? No. No. None whatsoever. No, I no, no. Arreste. it's lovely. It's a nice did wine. Did you think that the music had any influence on what kind of country wine you went for? No. Maybe. Not
2: really, no. 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 I wasn't even paying attention to the music. No, not particularly,
0: no.
5: No. And
0: did just you... a random choice. No, no, no nothing at all. Uh,
3: maybe, maybe.
5: Can I just ask, do you think that the music had any... I don't know, how
4: any influence? Me. Yeah. Oh yeah, I loved it. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, <get> you <laughs> it was the fantastic. Movie? Yeah, I was just, I felt like I, I would, I couldn't find, um, I didn't know whether to pick this wine or another wine, but I, I enjoy the music. It, it, it kept me there.
1: What is interesting about these answers is that most people were not consciously aware of the influence the role music played in their purchasing decisions. That's how powerfully sound can work on a subliminal level. The results from the SuperValue research were largely consistent with the results at Centra. We spoke with Brian Carrick, the manager of SuperValue in Balbriggan.
2: Well, I'd never thought of using sound to try and uh, influence some sort of sales, you know. So to see the results was amazing. Uh, It it was fascinating to see that, it really was. The fact that a simple
4: bit of music in, in, in a department can change someone's
2: mind in terms of what wine or what product they're buying. I suppose what I could say on it is, you've done this experiment in the wine department and it's fascinating to see them results, right? It really is fascinating. And maybe we could use it somewhere else, because we don't produce wine, but we could use it where Irish products or local Irish products are around the store, whether it be cheese, whether it be breads.
1: It would appear that commercially the use of sound is not fully appreciated and many grey areas still exist.
2: Some brands understand the power of sound better than others. For example, some fast food chains increase the speed and loudness of musical backing at peak mealtimes, with the result that people eat quicker, thus leaving sooner, which means freeing up the table for the next customer. And what is fascinating is that if classical music is played in restaurants, research has proved that customers will choose more expensive wines. And this is because people associate classical music with high values and are influenced accordingly. Another example of how sound influences consumer behaviour. We have also just repeated an experiment where we persuaded a coffee shop owner to hide his prices asking customers to guess the cost of whatever drink they purchased. We played two different musical programmes in the background. One middle-of-the-road pop music, the other classical music. When the classical music was playing, the customer's perception of a cost of a drink was on average 20% higher than when the pop music was playing. When people hear music, it represents more than just the action of sound waves upon the eardrum. In this case, how hearing a particular piece of music might activate or prime related pieces of information. For example, when we hear the Joshua Tree by U2, that can prime thoughts of the 80s, maybe the A-Team, or Dallas, leg warmers and even the Rubik's Cube, for example. The ability of music to prime has implications for our attitudes and behaviours, and this is extremely important in commercial usage. Because music can prime certain thoughts, it also means we are more likely to use these thoughts when asked to subsequently think or act. There is a process called precognitive synesthesia, which is basically how one sense can be influenced by another in our perception process. An extrapolation of music priming is to test what people actually perceive through another of their senses, in this case, taste we explored how changing the nature of a musical soundtrack might influence the taste of wine.
1: Peter set up research with Stephen Williams, the founder of the Antique Wine Company, who over many years have supplied the most valuable wines to the world's most sophisticated wine consumers and collectors. The research involved setting up a wine tasting, where members of the public would come and taste five glasses of wine in the Antique Wine Company's Wine Academy in London. Every participant was given a form to fill out where they had to rate each wine as they tasted it. For example, was the wine subtle and refined, or powerful and heavy? They also had to rate the wine in terms of colour and intensity, nose, fruit and quality. Peter had constructed a musical playlist he thought may influence the participants' sense of taste. Additionally, things weren't quite as straightforward as they appeared. In fact, two of the wines being tasted were exactly the same. Stephen Williams reveals all and tells the story.
6: And the big surprise is wine number five is the same as wine number one. (laughs) (laughs) The only difference... Was the music that we were listening to? Wine number one and wine number five, unbeknown to the tasters, wine number five was the same wine as wine number one. Wine number one was Chateau Margaux 2004, and we first tasted it whilst listening to Claude Debussy's Clair de Lune. And in between the two wines, we tasted three other wines whilst listening to the Holst Planet Suites. And finally we tasted the first wine again whilst accompanied by Wagner's ride of the valkyries initially the wine was described as being mellow and soft and then finally um, when the same wine was tasted to a more powerful music the wine was described as being powerful and heavy but i think what was especially surprising is when we took the vote on which was the favorite wine out of all five because Actually, no-one's preference was for wine number one, but the most popular wine of the whole uh, series was wine number five. It was the same wine. We were just listening to different music, so we'd created a different atmosphere.
5: Can I just ask you as well? Were you surprised?
3: Yes, I was surprised, and I shame that I was duped by the trick. <laughs> but, but at least I did, like, one on five the most. They were your favourite. Yes, although I marked them very differently in the tasting days, but they were my favourites. <laughs> completely different. I, th- I don't know whether it's because of the taste, kind of the wines between or something, or the music, but really, really I'm totally surprised, yeah. Can I just ask you, were you surprised?
4: Very surprised, and it was exactly as, uh, as they said. I'd scored this one much lighter than the, the last wine, so definitely in tune with the music.
5: And have you tasted them since?
4: And I've just been looking at them now, and yeah, now I know they're much closer.
5: I give number one and number five very different scores. So um, you think the music definitely had an influence on that? Yes, very much so. It's um, very interesting. I'll be thinking a bit more carefully about what I serve at dinner parties, music wise.
1: So as we come towards the end of this journey through sound, we would like to leave you with a few final thoughts. Frequently we hear but don't listen, and even when we listen, we often only retain about a quarter of that information. Our listening habits are often inclusive, involving MP3 players, headphones and sonic isolation. We tolerate noise pollution often passively unaware of its harmful effects. Yet there are people that use sound to see. There are people that can interpret sound through their bodies, aware that sound can change our moods, behaviours, and even alter our brain states. Close your eyes for a moment. What can you hear? Try to actively listen to whatever is around you, as if it's the first time you have ever heard it. So the next time you have a glass of wine, go to a restaurant, go shopping, go to work, relax at home, or even swim with dolphins. Consciously open your ears, mind, and body to your sonic environment, and gauge how sound is affecting you. Because for health, well-being, sense of balance, moods, emotions, and much, much more, sound matters. Hello? Still there? Do you remember all the iconic sounds you heard 36 minutes ago in the opening sequence? How many do you remember? Were you listening?
4: Hasta la vista, baby.
3: Elvis has left the building.